from Him who is love. And from Him who out of love gave His life for us. From all grace, mercy, and peace to each of you today. Amen. Honestly, I had read Lorelai's uh, proclamation there, and uh, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I, how do I follow that? So, you know what? Everything she said, and amen. <laughs> well done, Lorelai. You didn't think you were getting off that easy, did you? <laughs> uh, Lorelai's uh, uh, confirmation verses came from our second epistle lesson from 1 John chapter 4 today. John tells us today that God is love. John also tells us today that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. You know, when I see these verses, I'm reminded of the 1980s Dionne Warwick song that says, what the world needs now, right? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. How true that is, given the condition of the world we live in today, a world filled with violence and oppression and all kinds of injustice and hatred. But what kind of love does the world need? Not just any kind of garden variety love. It needs a special kind of love. The love of God. And it's not like the love of God is not available to the world. It's just that, well, I don't know, the world just has a different view on what love is these days. The Greeks have about four different words for love, three of which you can find in the Bible. And I see my wife laughing back there because I use this one quite often in my wedding sermons. <laughs> but three of these, you, you know, some of these you might recognize. The fourth one you probably recognize, but if you're like me, don't fully understand what it is. So here, here are the words. One is philio. You recognize that from Philadelphia, right? That's a brotherly kind of love. And then you have storge, which is the kind of love that's like, it's still restricted. It's kind of a tolerable kind of love, kind of like siblings have between each other or parents you know, have with their children. And then you have Eros. We all recognize that. It's got its own holiday and Valentine's Day. That's that lustful kind of romantic love. And then there's that love that trumps all other forms of love. It's agape. It's the love of God. It's an unconditional love, a love that never is broken, never abandons. It's a love, honestly, that you have to experience in order to understand it. I, I think we have a hard time defining agape and even understanding what agape is, probably because we get so wrapped up in the views of the world and what their views on love is. But agape is that true love of God. It's the kind of love that the world most certainly needs but doesn't abide in. And perhaps that because it's really what comes down to with any kind of love, that one little thing called fear. There are many in this world who are afraid to love or afraid to love. Maybe born out of the fear of rejection. Maybe fear of losing a relationship or fear of being left broken and hurt and devastated. Unless they guard their hearts as if their hearts were the most sacred, valuable thing in the world. But you know what love takes? It takes courage. It means struggling with being vulnerable. Letting yourself out there. Right? 
But true love, agape kind of love, involves something else. And this is probably what, what fear emanates from more than anything else. Agape love sometimes means pain. Sometimes means having really hard conversations with people because you got to stand in God's Word because you got to point out to somebody that they're doing wrong. Or somebody else has to tell you that you're doing something wrong. And what it comes down to with agape is, is that sometimes it requires more of us than what we're willing to give of ourselves. But that's the love of God. That's agape. Love, in particular, and most importantly, agape love requires all these things. And today, we not only celebrate the right, uh, celebrate the right of confirmation for Lorelei, but we celebrate, as I stated earlier, Holy Trinity Sunday. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. And what we have here, what we celebrate here in the Holy Trinity is God giving of His entire self out of agape. John reminds us that God gives out a love of His entire self. John says, By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and Him, and God. Here we have God, our Creator, who loves His creation so much that He gave out of love of Himself and His Son, Christ Jesus, to die that horrible death on the cross, that humiliating death on the cross. And then, whoever believes in this, what Christ has done, what God has done for His creation, confesses. And whoever confesses that Christ is the Son of God, therefore then abides in God, and God abides in Him. Then the Holy Spirit fills us and helps us to abide in God and aids us in abiding in God's love. And then love, when these things happen, love is perfected with us. And which brings us now to Lorelai's confirmation verses. John says, There is no fear in love, but perfect fear, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love then. We love. I want you to stop right here. We love. Not any kind of love. We love an agape. Because God first loved us in agape. A couple of sermons ago, I spoke of the mutual giving between the Father and the Son. God gives Jesus all of us. All of creation. Jesus perfectly keeps us in His Word and shelters us. And therefore, they share mutually in love. And then the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can be aided in abiding in God. And then as we abide in God, God abides in us. And abiding in God is abiding in God's love. And then that means, okay, here's what we don't necessarily want to hear all the time. That means that we are expected to abide in God's love. Even to the point of loving our enemies. Turning the other cheek taking the high road for the sake of winning an argument. That's what all these things are. It's not abiding in love as the world sees it, corrupting love, shirking our responsibilities as Christians, but continuing the mission of Christ. And what do we learn in Western culture? Western culture seems to be all about greatness, doesn't it? 
self-greatness. Just work hard enough and you can have anything you want. You can be that superstar, that pop star. Hoard all those things for yourselves, right? It's all about you. And then that moment comes and goes if it ever happens to somebody. And what, what happens more often than not? What happens when somebody wins a lottery, <laughs> right? They enjoy it briefly, but then they're left broken nine times out of ten with nobody there for them because they've destroyed all those things. This isn't what Jesus teaches us. Jesus teaches us to live in God's love. And that means sacrifice. Not for our own interests. It means abiding agape. Unconditionally loving one another. This type of love, as I mentioned earlier, can involve pain and be uncomfortable. As Lorelai so wonderfully pointed out, John writes to the churches out of concern and love to warn about the false teachings, chiefly the Gnostic teachings. John brings the churches back to the basics of Christianity and encourages them to live in the confidence of the truth that they've been taught so that they won't be misled. He also encourages these churches to completely trust in God's love, to completely trust in that agape. That's wonderful what John's doing. John's modeling what a Christian's supposed to do. John also has to be hard with these churches, doesn't he? If you read further, John says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Now, vocabulary speaking, there's not much difference between agape and, say, well, I don't know, philos, right? They both involve a voluntary and an involuntary you know, kind of condition. Voluntary as in, I choose to love you, right? And involuntary as in, I can't help but love you. But let me point something out. <laughs> of all the times and all the commands that there are to love in Scripture, all of them refer to agape. There's not one command that refers to philo or storge or anything else. Everything refers to agape kind of love. Which brings us back to why perhaps many of you don't abide in it. Fear. I once heard someone say that the opposite of hatred isn't love. It's fear. And why don't you think about that for a moment. In my favorite movie, Remember the Titans, which is about my high school, T.C. Williams High School, one of the first integrated high schools in Virginia. There's a scene between Gary Bertier, who's the white captain of the football team, and Julius Campbell, who's the black captain of the football team. And Jerry says to Julius, you know, Julius, I was afraid of you. I only saw what I was afraid of. And now I know I was only hating my brother. Jerry was afraid of Julius all these times because he had preconceived notions about Julius, about blacks in general. And therefore, he lived in this fear and he lived in this hatred of her rather than listening to what Julius was all about so that he can understand. And how many times do we do that in our lives where we have a preconceived notion about something or someone? Don't take the time to listen to understand, but but argue about the whole thing or, or get into fights about it or just back off and say that we hate something because we think we know, but we don't actually know. 
And how many people in this world are afraid of God? Perhaps they're afraid that, that, that God's going to destroy them. They can never do enough good things to stand before God, right? As if that's going to get us into heaven. We know all about that. We know that we can't do enough good things. And then how many of us are afraid to give of ourselves? That means sacrificing our own interests. To give fully of ourselves, meaning standing firm in God's Word and doing the hard thing. Pointing out to somebody when they've done something wrong. In Christian love, right? But it's hard because we don't want to be rejected. We don't want to ruin that, that friendship. We don't want to say somebody that, have somebody say to us, oh, you're holier than thou. And then they point out our own flaws, right? Because maybe that's what we're afraid of too. Being pointed out of our own flaws. As if we could be perfect in these sense of the form on our own. And of course, if we think in these ways, we don't understand what agape really is. Of how God first gave of Himself. It certainly had to be painful for God to give His only Son to die for the world. But it was a loving thing to do. And I'm sure that Christ didn't want to go willingly to the cross to, to be humiliated and bear that pain all on His own. But He did it out of love for you. For Lorelai, for me, we'll never fully under understand the depth of God's love. We lost that ability in the Garden of Eden long ago. But we can experience God's love and through the Holy Spirit understand how to share that love, that unconditional love with others. As Lorelai stated earlier, because of our own doing, we have no excuse as we stand before God. Because of sin, we deserve full punishment of eternal life Without God, we have no source of hope, only fear. But she also says, because of God's amazing love and offer of full and complete forgiveness through Jesus, we have complete confidence that our relationship with God is restored. God is love. His love perfects us, and there is no fear in it. Living in His love, aided by the Holy Spirit, then we can confidently face this broken world, working in the mission field, joyfully sharing God's agape with those who so desperately need it. This, my friends, is the missing of the church. It requires us to give of our full self all of what we have, all of who we are. Who knows how God's love encounters people? How did it encounter you? Can you... Remember those times that agape entered into your life and rescued you? We need to listen to each other. Not lean on our own understanding. Take the high road instead of trying to win arguments for the sake of winning an argument. It may mean we have to have those hard conversations, but in a Christian loving way. Standing in the truth of Christ. And abiding in God's love means that God abides in us and strengthens us and aids us to do His work. And through the understanding of others, we stand in God's Word. Abiding in His love, then we also learn how to love our brothers. Will you join Lorelei in showing love to your neighbors and encouraging them in the truth and the perfect love of God? As Lorelei stated, by the power of the Holy Spirit, together you and I can be His hands and His feet in showing and sharing His love. My friends, God is love. We love 
because he first loved us. And to God be all the glory. Amen.